our final episode 21-22 Gonzaga basketball season. It was a heck of a year. We want to thank uh, all of our listeners for listening to Adam and I rant and rave. Good and bad Gonzaga basketball, NCAA basketball, and just some memories and, and stories that we have from our basketball season or our basketball careers. First, we want to thank this week's sponsors from Dry Fly Distillery. Go check them out. Their Huckleberry Hard Seltzer is uh, pretty darn good. It's a Huckleberry Lemonade. Check it out. You can get it at Yolks, Rose Hours, as well as the Dry Fly Distillery in downtown Spokane. It's great on a warm spring or summer day. So thank you for them for being a sponsor this past week. And uh, look forward to having more sponsors in the coming shows for next basketball season. So, Mo, let's jump right to it. Um, Finished the season 28-4, and ranked number one the majority of the season. Unfortunately, it ended in a Sweet 16 loss. But seven straight Sweet 16s, which no other program can say. I grade this as a A-minus season if you're going to give it a grade. What would you... What, what are your overall thoughts on this? Yeah, class? I thought it was, I thought it was a great season. Um, you know, obviously matchups matter in the NCA. We ran into a tough matchup, um, but overall I thought, you know, coming into this season, it was kind of a question mark on some of the spots that needed to be filled from last year's, uh, you know, a fantastic team, like a record breaking uh, team. Um, so, you know, I thought uh, Andrew did a good job filling in for Jalen's role. I thought Julian did an okay job filling in for uh, Corey's role. And then Drew had another fantastic season um, piggybacking off for last. So I thought it was great uh, considering that we had a lot of fresh faces coming in and, and roles that had to be filled. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I thought it was uh, a minus B plus in that range. Um, you know, obviously you want to go further, but again, sometimes you just run into a, a tough matchup or you play um, you play rough at the wrong time. Um, so I, I look at it as a positive season still, and I hope, you know, hopefully everybody else does. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, unfortunately, there's lots of fans out there who are, are extremely disappointed and frustrated and uh, not understanding just how difficult it is to win a championship. Uh, I think... You know, you, you go back to that 99 team that started things off. Um, they would have died to have been in the second round uh, if you gave them that option early in the season. They ended up making an Elite Eight. My groups, you know, we didn't live up to maybe the expectation year that we had hoped or wanted to. We thought we were title contenders. Maybe your groups were the same, thought you were title. But to be honest, in my estimation, Gonzaga hasn't been a title contender until maybe the past seven or eight years um, because they've added this, the, the pieces that complement the high scoring offenses that they've had. You have to have a well-rounded team. You have to be peaking at the right time of the year and you have to have a little bit, a little bit of luck go your way. And as you mentioned with the Arkansas matchup, the luck with that matchup might not have gone their way because they were a good team and Gonzaga didn't shoot the way uh, that they had throughout the season. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you said. I think, uh, you know, like it, it was a tough time to have a bad shooting night. And then I thought Arkansas's game plan was fantastic. And, um, you know, they, they figured out a way to kind of frustrate us and take away some of our easy baskets and limited our rhythm um, offensively. So it, it's the way the cookie crumbles. It's not the best way you want to end the season, but also it's not a failure for sure. Like it's it's been a, a you know, a great a steady ride of this program uh, being Final Four championship uh 
contending type team. And I think they'll have that opportunity again next year. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they fill some of the, the, the gaps that they, they think that need to be filled, but I thought it was a great season as a whole. And it's only a matter of time before Gonzaga wins one. And I know you'll be excited. I'll be excited. And uh, it'll be a great day in Spokane and, and all Gonzaga fans will enjoy it at that point, maybe even more. So had it already happened. So, um, you know, lot, lots of different things go on in the off season. Players have to make a decision if they're going to leave for college or sorry, leave for the NBA or stay at Gonzaga. Now with the transfer portal, you can transfer one time without having to sit. You've got young players that didn't carve out a role this year that have to improve. What's the what's the biggest um, roster kind of interesting thought in your eyes? Obviously, we'll touch on the draft and, and guys who might go there in a minute, but w- what are you looking for with the roster as far as who maybe can make a big jump in this offseason? Uh, well, I mean, as a roster as a whole, the big question mark is if Drew Timmy's coming back. So, you know, we'll address that when we get to the like NBA stuff. But I think um, for me, it's filling Andrew Nemhard's role. And I think Nolan Hickman has the the, the skill set and the tools to do that. Obviously, he's going to get a lot more burn and a lot more opportunity um, to be a high level uh, point guard that I think he is. So to me, that's the biggest thing going into the next season. Obviously, if Drew's coming back or not, but I'm talking about just guys we know that are staying for sure who are going to have a summer um, in Spokane and and whatnot. I think Nolan Hickman has to make a jump. He was fantastic in stretches this year. Didn't get a lot of leash, didn't get a lot of time, but I think he has the tools, but it's also a big ass to be, um, you know, to be like, hey, you got to play like Andrew did last year, play 38 minutes and be extremely efficient share the basketball, score the basketball when needed, um, push the pace, all that stuff. Um, so I think Nolan's summer is going to be huge for this club. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Nolan's upside is tremendous. He showed times this year where he, he could be a potential uh, conference player of the year type point guard and somebody who, if all things go well, could be in the NBA. I, I, I know he's McDonald's All-American. He was rated highly. He started off being committed to Kentucky, backed out and got to Gonzaga. Um, but I think one of the things about Gonzaga's program is you kind of gradually, uh, unless you're like a Zach Collins where you see the potential, a, 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 a Jalen Suggs, a, a Chet Holmgren, you earn your time, you earn your minutes. Every time I was at practice this year, he went toe-to-toe with Andrew Nemhart, and you could tell the growth was happening in practice. Unfortunately, because Andrew was so good, you didn't always get to see Nolan's growth in games where everybody tends to judge it. But uh, I'm excited to see him because I think he's going to be a tremendous point guard. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the tools are there. The, the speed, quickness is there. He's got <clears throat> decent size. We've seen him scored in, in bunches at times, especially early in the season. So I think uh, – his opportunities are going to be there and hopefully he does, uh, does the work this summer. Cause if that's when uh, everybody, you know, um, it, it'll show if, if you did or did not. And I think he will, but it'll show um, come next uh, fall. If you haven't, you know, one of the things about the college basketball these days is that transfer portal. And I mean, there's over 1300 players, I think in the transfer portal now and Gonzaga has been great in the transfer portal over the last 10 years. Uh, whereas your Bolton was perfect. I think if there's one position that Gonzaga needs to look to fill um, would be 
that big to play. If Timmy comes back to play alongside Timmy, if he doesn't come back, they need to find a, a, a ready-made big to fill into that role. Um, talk about the transfer portal, if you agree with that. And then I also think that Caden Perry battled injuries all year. I think he's going to be a surprise in the front court next year. Yeah, hopefully uh, Caden can get healthy. Um, he's had some back issues this season, so hopefully he can get that amended. And um, I think he would be a great uh, uh, complimentary to uh, Drew. And then we got to remember Anton had a fantastic season uh, this year, um, so we got to throw him in the mix. Um, but yeah, with the transfer portal, um, it's a time for you to kind of fill out your roster. Now, you know we've seen other clubs do that. We've done it in spots. We haven't done it where we get four or five. So that's the real question is how many do we really, do you think we need? Or do we get a bunch of true freshmen like the old style and say, you know, we might have some lumps next year maybe and, and um, but still be good, but we're going to go through some growing pains. So that's, that's the real question that Coach Fee and staff has to ask themselves is how much do you want to dip into the transfer portal? Because we've seen other clubs do it. Um, and where that's four or five, six guys that have major parts of your rotation, it's not always successful. It really isn't. I think it's it's better when you add pieces and then you have a mixture of three, four-year guys. Um, sometimes you don't have that luxury. So that's the question for me this coming offseason is how much do we dip into that transfer portal? And if we do, um, you know, what's the personnel that we get? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would imagine that there will be a couple tours but I wouldn't imagine four, five, or six. And, and that's when you kind of have, um, I don't want to say chemistry issues, because that's never going to be the Gonzaga, but it's shown to create chemistry issues at other programs when you bring too many guys in who essentially think that they're filling the same role. You look at Oregon State, they went from the Elite Eight to a three-win season because they had so many transfer portal guys thinking they were coming into a bigger role um, than actually they were. Um, End of season is so important for player development, but then guys that are leaving for pros. Uh, obviously, we all know Chet Holmgren, 99.9% .9 is gone. We would imagine Andrew Nemhart's gone. Uh, Drew Timmy has a decision to make. Um, I could see it going either way. I, I would I would lean towards him going pro, but I could also see pro, uh, I could see positives for him wanting to come back. What's the timing of the decision for, for these guys. And then when you finally know I'm going, how do you decide an agent? Because that's an important thing in the game these days. Well, I, I think Drew, this is just me hypothetically, but I think Drew has already done his research or is going to get his research from, you know, you can hire an agent or you can consult an agent and then they can go out and ask GMs and scouts what's my realistic standing in the draft or am I going to get drafted? Now, here's the question. If let's say they tell him go back a year and improve on these things, then he probably comes back. If they say, uh, even if you go back a year, we still see you in the same way, go to the G league or go overseas. And if you can show that you can play at a professional level and, and fix some of these things, there's plenty of guys in the NBA that have done that and have had long careers after that. He probably leaves. Now, uh, another factor that for me that would come into his decision is NIL money has been great for him in town. So that that's a real factor in maybe him coming back. But honestly, I don't I don't really know because 
there's, there's times when I'm like, yeah, he fits on an NBA court. No question. You know what I'm saying? But then there's times it's like, you know, he really doesn't shoot a lot of threes and everybody spaces the floor and this is not a knock on drew, but it's like, so that's what scouts are probably saying. So I'm just going hypothetical here. Um, so it'd be interesting to see uh, what his decision make for his timetable. I'm pretty sure he's boiled it down all season long. You start doing that research early, unless you came out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden people are like, Claire, you've, you've thought about this last year going into this season and say, Hey, we got to start getting our ducks in a row with hiring an agent. we got to interview people. We got to see what they're saying about us, uh, me as a player, and and go from there. So, I think this is uh, it's quicker than like a two week decision that some people think happens. It really it's a year long process of kind of deciding what you're going to do and make sure you're making an informed, logical decision. Yeah, and he got enough feedback from evaluators to the Gonzaga's coaching staff about the things to work on. And he did get better at those things that were perceived weaknesses a season ago. Uh, when you look at what he does at the college game, he's dominant. I mean, I, if he comes back next year, there's no reason to not think he wouldn't average mid 20 points per game. Uh, you know, because Gonzaga again, played a really balanced offensive attack this year, but with no Chet, some other guys, maybe not back. He could be even more featured in an offense, which would be fun to watch those scoring numbers just skyrocket. Um, you know, I agree with you in the fact that they've already done their research. It's just kind of kind of coming to the conclusion of making the announcement. And you alluded to it earlier, making the announcement on his terms when he wants to do it and making sure uh, everything's set to, to kind of make a splash one way or the other, stay or go. Um, what about uh, when you look at off season as a player, I like to get away. I would always go back down to the Vancouver area um, by myself and with friends and, and different trainers that I had there play pickup runs with the pros in Portland and, and other college guys. You didn't have that luxury because you grew up in Spokane as well, where Gonzaga is. What What's your take on the importance of summer school because I personally think it's a great time to get away and work on your individual skills. The team comes together in fall, but that's changed. The lines have blurred because of the importance in the kind of, you know, mandatory guys having to go to summer school. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like to, especially after the season, I like to get away. Um, I probably wouldn't touch a basketball for at least 10 days or something like that. A week and a half, you know, uh, nothing crazy. And then you can kind of feel, okay, if I, if I stay out too long, I'm going to lose some skills or it's going to be harder to get back. Um, you know, I think the summer school deal is kind of interesting now because you can practice as a team where you can have four on the floor at a, at a time. So like, I think guys are kind of required to come back and you can do a lot of your base action and kind of instilling a lot of your, uh, you know, scheme stuff during that time. Um, you know, we used to play pickup a lot in the summer. I don't think they do as much anymore for whatever reason, or because guys are, are scattered around. And, um, so yeah, yeah, I think it's changed a little bit when it comes to, uh, the summer school aspect. But again, I know that during the summer, the rule, I think that rule changed, like, what did you think? Like five years ago, yeah, about something five like that. Years ago. And I, and I think it had a big thing to do with making that grad transfer market even bigger, honestly, yeah. because they have to stay in summer school. Well, why not take a bunch of classes? So guys graduate early 
and now that's added to the amount of transfers. Yeah, no, I agree. It makes uh, you know perfect sense if you go to summer school and you hammer through uh, semesters, you can finish in three and not even have like a, a crazy workload, right? You could still do it pretty. 15 to 18 credits, even 12 to 15 and still uh, feel, you know, feel like you're not overloaded playing a, a division one athlete. So uh, it's interesting to, to, to understand uh, kind of what the division one athletes has to go through throughout a whole year, but how much does it help to be around the fellas? And uh, you know, I like staying, obviously I was from here, but I like staying around campus, staying around the guys. We used to play pickup, like I said, and then just get your individual work. But everybody's different. And I think now they kind of allow guys, they come back for summer school, but they allow guys to leave more than they used to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, so you many know, guys are playing on like yeah. international teams. I didn't know Chet was like the U19, USA team. Guys have played for their respective countries in the past. So those are opportunities you can't miss on. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think it's changed a little bit, but uh yeah, every guy's different. Some guys like to go home and, and just get their work in. And if you trust that guy to do that, then you allow it and, and uh, build a good chemistry and all that stuff. Well, Mo, we've had a good run of uh, providing Gonzaga-based content over the last two and a half months. It's been fun chatting with you on a number of different uh, Gonzaga topics as well as just basketball. We've got our last question of the week posed by a listener um, brought to you by epic sports bar at northern quest um, and that comes in from cameron weaver and this is here and bigger than ever at epic sports bar with food and drink specials prize giveaway more all tournament long grab your bracket and post up at the best tournament in town details at northernquest.com so again the question is from cameron weaver and he asks will you guys still do the podcast after the basketball season um we are going to take a break adam and i working together on this one i'll give adam a chance to share a little bit more about uh the upcoming season two of his individual podcast i'll share a little bit more about what gonzaga nation si is going to be doing um, but Adam, why don't you go share a little bit more of, of your perimeter? Yeah, no, I, I did the perimeter last year. Um, it was fun. We had a good group of guests. I did Corey Kispert, Joel, Coach Few, John Stockton, uh, Chris Haynes, uh, DJ Ski. I've had a lot of guests. Uh, I have similar lineup um, uh, for this year, some Gonzaga guys, some writers, um, you know, some coaches. Um, so, yeah, it's season two should probably um, – probably dropping about a month, maybe two weeks to a month, but I always want to make sure I get my guests dialed in before I, I tell everybody that I'm getting them because it's harder than it, it, it is. And it, it is. I can attest to that. Yeah. Well, you're working on other people's time and, you know, trying to get to them. I like to do them in person for my style. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes it, it works out that I have to go down there or whatever. Um, so yeah, so be season two would be great. Hopefully people can listen in. It's on YouTube. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, anywhere you, you really listen to your podcast, you can find it. Um, it's called The Perimeter with Adam Morrison. It's uh, yeah, it'll be season two, and hopefully it's off with a bang. And I appreciate it, people listen. Absolutely. I listened to quite a few of the episodes a season ago, and you do a nice job of uh, getting guys to talk about more than just basketball. Obviously, that's a big key to, what, to, to your interests, my interests, your guests' interests. 
Um, but you get them to talk about a lot of different things. So uh, definitely check that out. As for Gonzaga Nation SI, um, I'm going to be bringing content in many different ways. We're working on a number of ideas uh, to keep things fresh over the summer months. Uh, we'll be back next fall with Gonzaga basketball previews. Adam and I were going to figure out just what our timetables look like to work together. Um, but I don't see that being an issue, but we'll announce more of that later. My own podcast, The ISO, which has been going for about a year and a half, two years, will also be released on Gonzaga Nation SI. So keep listening to and subscribing to Gonzaga Nation SI. Subscribe, like, and review Adam's The Perimeter Podcast, as well as The ISO. So, Mo, it's been a great two and a half months talking about a lot of different basketball things. Um, I'm sure you got tired of looking at me as I may have gotten tired of looking at you a few times, both in person and studio as well as through Zooms. But it, it's been a good time. I appreciate you joining and, and we'll connect again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun.